0: So, hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Crane. Today I'm chatting via Zoom with performer, director, and writer Antonia Campbell Hughes. We're chatting ahead of the release of Uncertain Kingdom, and her experimental short, Acre Fall Between, will be released on the 1st of June as part of this very cool program. So, thank you so much for chatting with
1: us. Thank you for having me.
0: I had the opportunity to check out what is a very interesting and very thematic appropriate short especially given everything that's happening at the moment yeah um can you tell me a little bit about first of all the uncertain kingdom it's almost uh different commissioned pieces mm-hmm. all in the same theme that will be released together but they're individuals can yeah. you tell me a little bit about this scheme?
1: yeah um so basically i got a, a call in- last april asking if i would be willing to participate in the scheme and I didn't really understand what it was and so they gave me a sort of outline and when they listed some of the names of people they'd approached, I was immediately quite interested because I think they're very, it's quite an eclectic mix of filmmakers of note. you know, some are very um, up and coming, some are more established, it's just a really nice mix of names. But it was also very interesting to me because um, it's called The Uncertain Kingdom, so it's about representing the United Kingdom And it was, they decided to put it together in 2019. Um, And I think basically the brief was Filmmaker's Projections on 2020. I had just, I got the call and I was in Joshua Tree in the States and I had just arrived and I'd just been over Easter in Derry in Northern Ireland where I was born. And I have a very, I, I think, quite unique uh, feeling about where I come from because I was born in Derry, but I left when I was two and I grew up in Switzerland, Germany, and then came moved to Ireland when I was 16, but to the south, not to Northern Ireland. And so in the years, in my sort of more adult formative years, even though I live in London, I would I'd spend a lot of time frequenting Donegal, Northern Ireland, Belfast, Derry, trying to really... Embrace and get to know, you know, the the land of my heritage and I mean even growing up, you know Every Christmas was spent in Northern Ireland summers stuff like that But you always feel like an outsider and so I've always been really interested in uh, The not the divide but just you know the borders per se so I've always been interested in places, you know um, displacement without geographical relocation so I was very interested in making a film where I was asked to be the Northern Ireland representative for the United Kingdom because I felt that I could embrace a real nationalistic adoration for a place where I come from, but not in the the sense of nationalism that we know to be, which is like land ownership.
0: Yeah, and spending time away definitely gives you a better perspective. I think when I think when you're from a place and you've just lived in that one place your whole life, it can leave you blind to certain things sometimes.
1: Yeah. So I don't think it's better, it's just it's just different. Uh like I think <laughs> I I have like a kind of objective love for where I come from. And because it was projections on 2020, and I do think that there's this thing where when, especially at that time when people are so bombarded with what could potentially occur that we are in this sort of state of tension, you know, with those the, constant, constant barrage of warnings of what's going to happen, especially with climate change. Um, so I really wanted to embrace making a piece of cinema, specifically cinema, that would be entertaining, and not um, a not a lecture, not preaching, but kind of make a sensory point.
0: It is very stunning, very kind of visual, nice, intense. The, there's so much kind of atmospheric stuff going on with the music as well, and obviously Marka Haller is fantastic. Like great? I've never, I've never seen him be bad in anything. I don't. Think uh, yeah, I've no, seen him. Really. like so. It's just, it is, like, and it's beautiful. And it's, it's quite short, but it's very powerful. Yeah. I don't want to kind of give too much away for anyone who was about to watch it, but kind of thematically, there's, there's like, an, like an abstract bit at the end.
1: Yeah. I wanted to look at displacement without geographical location as a main theme. Um, you know, there was all kinds of things that I was looking at, you know, without being too on the nose. And so what it basically is, is I'm, I'm using animals and different animal types and when how they're displaced they cannot thrive because it's an in hostile environment so that is kind of an analogy you know looking at different different types of social grouping um and if they're sanctioned and sectioned into a certain space that isn't uh, a good host environment for which they can thrive then they will And cease to thrive which is die (laughs) and then it's also one man's projection himself into his future so when he's being completely bombarded with all these various statistics the way we are and were now we have a different pandemic to deal with but um so it is kind of like his idea of where he would be in 20 years time when there is you know it's it's a it's an environment where there's fewer people, containment is the norm, curfews are the norm, people are not thriving. Um, it's an unsuccessful host world for humans to thrive, on, to thrive within. And so that's the kind of his reality. That's how we see it in the film. And uh, I don't know how much I can give away. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah,
0: we won't do any spoilers. It goes online on the 1st of June. Yeah. So there, it's going to be in with a bunch of other short films
1: Um, And have you seen the others? Are they linked in team? I haven't. There was going to be all this stuff happening, but then we had a little blip. Of course. (laughs) But um, I've seen trailers, and so I have a sense of what the others are like, but I've heard from the wonderful team that have put this together, the Uncertain Kingdom team, that mine's quite different, I think. And that's what's so interesting about the filmmakers is people are very much representing you know there there are specific social causes and um and their their filmmakers' voices are quite defined yeah
0: it looks very interesting, even across the board definitely if when people are are stuck inside, it's not easy themes either just seems to be tackling diversity, me too yeah kind of kind of fears, kind of unsettling fears, so yeah, I think maybe there's like elements of is there black mirror throughout it, and even the other I can see, like, Alice Lowe and things like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love her voice and yeah, things. So if, if you're in great company there. But yeah. it's,
1: it's a really interesting short. My, we were given specific uh, themes, and mine was environment. And it's funny okay because they just told me to think of anything I wanted and send them, like, a little synopsis. And their one note was, can you just focus on the environment aspect to that more, more specifically? And I didn't know yet that it was meant to be about environment. <laughs> because I really wanted to showcase the Donegal landscape. That's something that, you know, I've, you know, I've really, I'm quite a sci-fi buff. And I think that a lot of films that are non sci-fi, obviously can actually, you can find their threads within science fiction. And it was said to me quite recently that fantasy is our hopes and dreams and science fiction is like our fears. And that's something I find very interesting and that you can thread it back into all sort of narrative that we see in television and film.
0: So we're Film Ireland. What we do is, the majority of people that listen are are filmmakers and I'd say there'd be very few people that wouldn't be familiar with your work as a performer. And I know you um, had something recently in the Galway film flat that did extremely well, Quest for Love.
1: Um, Quest for Love was my first short. And that was Screen Ireland funded. Um, It was five minutes, I think. It was actually seven, but it's meant to be five minutes. That was, um, Pierce McGrail shot it. So he'll shoot my feature that's coming up. So Quest for Love, uh, Carrie Condon was my actress. Yeah, that was great. It was, uh, you know, I think it's funny. I mean, people wonder about, or maybe question how you make the transition from actor, performer to director, writer, but I've been writing as long as I've been acting, because my first acting job was in a comedy, British comedy series, sort of randomly. I had never seen a British comedy show before, I don't think. I had to do an accent test. I didn't grow up watching uh, English or Irish television. I up in Switzerland, so how would you? Um, and, but what's really interesting about the comedy, British comedy world is it's very um, supportive and nurturing and inclusive. And I was, really encouraged to write and to create and make stuff, which I did. And so I've been writing that long. And then I stopped doing comedy after about four years as a sort of, it was quite um, a specific decision. I really wanted to act in films I had grown up being a fan of, which is a lot of European cinema. And that's, I suppose, when Screen Ireland, I happened to be in a few films that Screen Ireland had funded, which would be The Other Side of Sleep, Lotus Eaters, Kelly and Victor, I think they're involved in. And so that's when I started applying to them as a writer. And I received some funding as a writer. Um, And so it was a very long, drawn out process. And so coming to a point where I was applying to make my own short, I mean, that was 11 years in the making. You know. The
0: shorts are always the precursor to a feature. So the 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 transition is you normally do your own short, then you do a screen Ireland short, then you do a low budget feature, and then you get your high budget feature. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, all goes well,
1: so so you're you're well, like you've you've the three ticks. Totally. And the thing is, um, you know, I think all actors are quite different. I went to art school. I didn't go to drama school. I was always a somewhat unconventional actor. I uh, still am. (laughs) I really believe in collaboration. I've worked with directors numerous times, you know, as an actor. I've I've always been a fan of those kind of relationships um, across the board. You know, from the kind of New York mumblecore gangs to French filmmakers who collaborate on repeat basis with certain key actors And that's the kind of director that I would be. And so, and I really just, as a person, I really believe in hard graft. You know, I started out in fashion because um, I went to art school and didn't really know what to do, but I had, I've always been interning and doing apprenticeships. I come from that background where I believe that you shadow as a director, you intern as an artist, you do apprenticeships. And I think that's the best way to learn is in the environment of what you want to do. You as an actor,
0: again, you have lived through those relationships with directors. Perfect. So you like that is automatically shadowing while you're
1: complete. I mean, that's the thing is I think a lot of actors know a lot about how to make films, not all exclusively, because some people are very uh, I think some of the most brilliant actors are completely involved in their craft. So that's full time job. But, um, you know, you learn a lot on the sets and I've been on film sets for 15 years. I'm going to ask you about your POV project. Can you tell me a little about that? So you're going to be
0: shooting when lockdown um, lifts a little bit. Yes. Just
1: when we're allowed. allowed. (laughs) I'm currently doing a COVID pass on my script, which is, you know, it's all the things that we're learning to deal with in our own lives, which is social distancing, which is sanitizing, um, all these things. And... It's funny because of course it presents limitations. The, the main limitation is budget because everything that would take an hour now takes five hours and it all costs money. But I've all, I really love a challenge. I mean, I really, I like, like for example, this uncertain kingdom, I like the fact that it was 10,000 pounds what can you do with £10,000? And I was trying to make a science fiction piece. And it's very, it's, it's beautiful.
0: Like I did not know until I looked it up afterwards what the budget was. I was very surprised because I was like, wow, <laughs> this it looks so kind of cinematic.
1: Well, it's, at the moment, there's such a wealth of finance available to huge budget films. And I'm, I'm excited by things that have more of a limitation. I think it's when people are really um, innovative and resourceful, and that's what excites me. I think you can see it on the screen, and I think you see the hard work and the love for the craft of filmmaking, and that's something that uh, excites me. So yeah, my POV film, um, uh, it will shoot when, when we're legally allowed to. The money is there, so it will be with this year. It will be hopefully in the fall. Shooting in Donegal most likely, because they've been very good. About hosting us. What, I, what is very specific to the film is it's set in the place where I come from, which is a part of Sonny Hall, which I think is a very interesting mix of time. It's sort of timeless and time specific. And that is, you know, there's films that I grew up really liking. Um, I mean, Cement Garden, you know, Charlotte Gainsbourg was in a film called Cement Garden when she was, I think, maybe 17. And I like cinema that's placeless and timeless. You know, so it could. I wrote this film specifically set in a geographical location, which is just over the border in Donegal. But I wanted it to also carry that ambiguity that it could be somewhere in Antwerp, outside of Antwerp or South Korea or New Zealand. You know, places where it is landscape that could match and be interchangeable and same with time. Um, but the COVID draft script is uh, primarily about costs and health and safety so reducing costs uh reducing people um trying to contain locations and
0: pov is it's a it's
1: a lower because i know it used to be the catalyst
0: scheme and now it's the kind of training low budget feature scheme and it's it's brilliant but i mean if you're constrained anyway it might it really is constraining but i, I suppose that's the that's the creative
1: That's a challenge. No, I mean, as an actor, I have been in some very, very, very low budget films. And um, they're the ones I'm usually most proud of, you know, because I love what the crew and the team and the actors come together to make as a united energy. And I've just seen great things be done with on very low budgets.
0: And how important is being a director and having a good relationship with a producer that you work with your creative producer
1: i think every single person that comes in to work with you is essentially uh it the the to speak the same language is essential because you really need people to get on board your ship and it's not just about um i really think that the people that i collaborate with I'm collaborating with them because I'm so excited by what they do and their talents and what we can do as a marriage effectively, you know, and it's that collaboration rather than people trying to fulfill my vision. You know, I think the piece of work and the piece of writing is the vision, which I have written, but I really want to collaborate with people so they can showcase showcase what they do and have as much creative freedom as they possibly can and that's what i want to be able to give them in return you know like an arena by which they can be really free
0: and i suppose that is yeah that's the true nature of the craft it's collaboration it's when everyone does their individual thing and what happens is better than anyone had ever thought because i often i remember seeing things before on a page and watching actors do stuff and being amazed by what they bring to us and things that even as a writer you would never have thought and it's just these choices that these performers make sometimes it blows you away and you're like that's better than and deeper and more interesting than anything that we've ever put together and do you feel your background as a performer has kind of heavily influenced the way that you would direct
1: with people um it's funny I was I have to say I was quite struck I mean I've only directed two shorts so I'm not gonna you know, make a big blanket statement about how I am as a director just yet. What I do know is that um, I've, every single thing I've ever done as a writer or as an actor or as a director beginning is I don't think there's one specific formula. Like people would always ask me what kind of actor I am, you know, am I method? Am I this, that? And I just think every single project's different. You know, you've got to learn to be malleable and to fit into those around you. I think I know very well as an actor and having watched other actors respond to directors, that each actor takes direction differently. So I think it's, for me, knowing that and being, I think, quite uh, responsive to that, I will give my actors what they need accordingly. I think it's also, I mean, I know that it's very important to have a controlled and clear idea of how to run a ship in a sense that you, you know what you're doing and, just that you're in control, I suppose. And I think what's very important is knowing the story that you want to, t- to tell from the outset, from day one to the end. You need to know exactly what the point of your story is and where you want to get to. And I think that's the main thing for me that's key.
0: And as a performer, are there things that you know don't work? Say if there was a director listening that you're like, actually, I know just other people mightn't that these are things maybe that don't necessarily work that well in getting performances
1: from insecurity as a director like not knowing what you're trying to achieve I mean always that seems to be the thing that throws everybody on your set off course because you need to have that confidence and it's not even it's not loud it's not like loud confidence or uh being um imposing it's just about having a quiet self-certainty that's a very interesting point I suppose yeah it's trust it goes back to trust oh, as
0: well where completely. people are like we're we can't see it as a whole yet we're only seeing little sections of it and we need you to go by what you are pushing us in the direction of and if, if you if you kind of get a sense where if they don't know then maybe then you're like you start to question it and it's was yeah yeah that makes complete sense for yeah, people
1: completely, totally. Yeah. and what
0: would you do to be sure of a story do you find things come fully formed or do you work like just say for instance with the with the pov scheme that would be something that you'd i presume you'd have worked with the script editor on yeah there'd um, be a bunch of different versions
1: totally you know it's funny because i have been writing for a very long time and lots of people i know write scripts and they find it very difficult and it's straight up it's very difficult. <laughs> like, that's what I say to everybody. Like, how do you do it? What do you, what's your tricks? What's your tools? I remember the first time I was told to write a script by Jack D. I was played his daughter in a show and he said, write something. And I literally, I was like, I have no idea how to do this. I was very young at the time anyway. So, but, and I remember finding it just so um, intimidating, you know, like you stare at a blank page and you just don't know how to do it. And I'm quite, I do like a challenge and I figured out how to do it, but it's been a long, 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 process and i've worked with people i've written with people and i've written alone and i've written terrible scripts (laughs) and less terrible ones but what i do know is um and sometimes you end up doing you know 50 drafts and it still doesn't quite gel and for some reason um the pov script that i wrote was the most joyful uh it fell out of me wow and it's i think is a very most people find it quite a special piece of writing it was there from draft one i think that's why i got the funding because it is down to script effectively how they choose and then it was worked very intensively which i think is what's so great about screen ireland is that development process is why they produce good films, you know? I mean, I do understand very much as an actor and as a filmmaker, what um, why we need these government funding bodies, you know, where soft finance produces good films because the vetting process and the development process really makes good product. Um, and so I worked with a very wonderful script editor uh, called Angelie McFarlane, who I think was a great match to me on this project. and we were we're working together on something else but um she really understood what I was trying to achieve and Screen Ireland were very involved in the process as well but they gave me a lot of freedom also and what would
0: the different drafts like would you investigate a different area a different draft would it be fine-tuning cutting out fast would it be like how how do you feel like your script and story changed over the development process
1: um it became <laughs> i was gonna say became more commercial no but um you know i'm quite i'm very descriptive in the way i write um backstory making sure that the audience is fully engaged in the arc and the process that the character goes through so that we really Fully um go on a journey from beginning to end to make sure that all those beats are met. I mean, I was usually in the beginning when I first started writing feature films, I really bucked against you know, the 40-beat beat beat sheet and the eight scene um, The Frank Stallion sequences. Yeah, everything. I really was not um, into doing that study. And then I resigned myself and did it and applied some of that schooling and it really works. And it, I, I do think it's essential because, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I liked a lot of cinema. That's basically, you know, a 12 hour study of a wall. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I think what Screen Ireland is trying to achieve with these films is that they meet a, a broader audience than two, perhaps. And I do want to make a film that is cinema, that is a, quite an explosive journey that is very rewarding to people. Um, so yeah, so th- just technically, the, it was more about story and um, backstory and character development where the work was done.
0: Interesting. And I suppose there are things that you as an actor would be doing, even if you weren't writing or like quote unquote writing that's that would be part of your job because i i always say that i I think actors make really good writers a lot of the time because they they get like it's you know like they're not like this is this is a plot this is what needs to happen but they're like no why would the character do this these are the questions that they ask and you'd be like no they wouldn't do this and then that's that moment. Like if, if ever I'm watching something, and I'm like, "This isn't right. Why? Why am I not in this?" And I'm like, "Oh, because yeah, yeah. the person as their setup would never do that."
1: Yeah. No, that's a really good point. No, exactly. It's. I mean, it's true because the thing is, I think um a lot of the times when you're handed a script, it's not ready, um but the film is still funded and goes ahead. I mean, it's rare to come across a really extraordinary script. Really is, and. Uh, again, that's where I would fly the Screen Ireland flag and say that that's where the the work goes in and the, they therefore produce extraordinary scripts. But, and that is sometimes what you know that you can achieve on the set as an actor, is you can kind of have those moments where you know why that you know that you can create a moment that hopefully will translate onto the screen so that the audience knows why you're about to do something you're going to do as a performer. But I do think what it is. It's better to have it on the page, you know. It's just clearer for everybody who's coming on board to to make the film. It's better for everybody who reads it. It
0: makes more sense. And as a performer, would you ever write stuff for you to perform in?
1: Um, I am playing a role in my POV f- film. It is in the soul. Um, I struggled with that. I thought about it a lot. It was initially said to me that I should have performed. Well would i perform in my first short but it was very important to me to you know to separate the two i've always kind of wondered why actors direct themselves it's sort of confusing to me i think they're com- two completely different energies like one is in your head and one's in your body you know yeah. um but yes on my pov film i am playing a small role very specifically because this, this is i mean i can just tell you my first the first draft of my film, It Is in all specifically had no women. Perhaps I was being contrary, I'm not sure. Because it was a women's fund, um, <laughs> and I'm male, I thought it would be really interesting as an exercise. To I, It is a film that's sort of looking at masculinity, but in the sense that I think there's something very different. There's, the, the pure male is the gender and masculinity is like the external that he wears. And I think the, the, the gradients of what makes up masculinity is very interesting and it's never really looked at in a very forensic way. Um, so I wanted to make a film with no women in it at all. <laughs> but that went away quite quickly. So I had to write it in a woman, but she appears and she's sort of the voice of the audience. She kind of, she's like the, the moral compass. And I am playing her. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, kind of, I'm like, I'm like it's, con, it's a conceptual art. It's like a film within a film. It's like an exercise within an exercise.
0: Yeah, so you're writing the yeah. script and you're picturing your characters and you're going, what would they do? You know, what would they say? How would they say it? Then you're filming it and you're like, what will this look like on this yeah. screen? And then, as you say, also then in performing, you're like, what does this person feel in this moment? They're all very different kind of things to, yeah. to to bear in mind I mean presume with POV as well there are constraints you can't go like oh we'll wreck it out or we'll, we'll do like a, a month in
1: rehearsals or anything like that I'm, I'm yeah, just wondering yeah. how to balance that how would you? What I've also learned from working with various directors over the years is that um, you have to give your writing away to a certain degree um, I've worked with directors who have been very close to their own scripts, and they see how the character walks, talks, breathes, moves, etc. And when then you hire an actor, and the actor maybe walks slightly differently, it's very difficult for them because, as much as actors are puppets, <laughs> they kind of don't aren't on strings. Um, so you yeah. do have to give the character away to the actor who's who's playing it. Um, And I think I'm very good at that, the same way that, I mean, I'm very uh, obsessive about every single detail. I will say that as a fact. When I write, I write very visually. I see every single location. I tend to write locations I know. Um, So, like for the Uncertain Kingdom, I had a very specific idea of every landscape, of the house, of everything in it. Um, So I reccied locations, for months at quite a lot of expense um, because the hill wasn't right or the sea wasn't right or whatever. And eventually you just have to sort of give in and respect that the various departments know what they're doing. But I think with actors, I'm better at giving the roles away to actors because I know them better perhaps. And I also have a lot of trust in how to shoot oddly. I, th- I really believe in edits. I really believe in having a very good editor. I trust my editor intrinsically, John Walters, who I've known for quite a while.
0: Okay, so that's interesting because I'm, yeah, because I'm I'm just kind of wondering how to put it together, especially when you're doing so many different things on something. So that makes perfect sense. That, yeah. That, and again, I think writing visually makes a big difference as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a certain thing as well that um I'm very practical in terms of the cost and getting as you know the producers love you to say that you know getting your pages shot in a day covering your call sheet etc and I really don't like waste of time um so I'm quite efficient I mean I do you know I love um being able to cover a scene in one setup things like that I think add to the process and usually the end result Um, and I've worked on enough Films like that myself to know how to do it. That's brilliant. And I suppose that's why producers would love you
0: <laughs> forever. <Wow.
1: laughs> Thank you so much. Where you're like, I don't want to keep going over this over and over again.
0: Yeah. But I suppose it goes back to confidence. If you know what you want to tell, you're not figuring it out.
1: Yeah, no, precisely. I mean, with my POV, we're looking at all different ways in which to shoot, obviously, with the new constraints that there is. I have a very clear idea on what I want to achieve. But I also had a very clear idea on what I wanted to achieve with the Uncertain Kingdom. And it, certain things, like, you know, it required um, quite a lot of visual effects. I learned quite quickly the cost of visual effects. <laughs> and that to get a fish to move costs quite a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but things like that, it's all good learning curve. And that's why people do have to, I think, graft. You know, you, you learn on every single thing that you do.
0: If you were performing in a role in a film and you were watching that film with other people, would you have as much ownership of that as a piece of work than if you were the director? Or does it change the way you feel about it?
1: Oh, yeah, it's a a completely different experience, I think. Again, like, acting is very much, I think, bodily. And directing and writing, especially if it's something you've written. Like, I know the word, I don't know how we feel about the word auteur um apparently it's quite a misogynistic word like it was designed in a quite male strident time of filmmaking but i i don't mind it um but i i think filmmaker is a different thing because it's very much your voice you know it's uh it's entirely your voice it's something you written from your soul and you're directing with your brain so you're kind of it is it's completely a part of you whereas when i'm an actor i am trying to do a service to a role and to a director
0: Thanks so much for chatting with us. Thanks. So, Acre Fall Between will be available to view on the 1st of June.